extend Christian greetings to each one of you and special greetings from the Church at Gospel Light. Uh, it's good to see all of you. Most of you, I think, are very familiar faces to me. And I think I'm fairly familiar to you all, too. So uh, it's good again to, to be in your presence and worship with you this morning. Daryl, when you were talking about peace, uh, brought, a, brought a thought to my mind that uh, goes a lo- little bit along with what I would like to share this morning, but not exactly peace. <clears throat> I pray that as uh, we are gathered here, that, that the Lord would guide our thoughts toward him that we could bring honor and glory to him as we are gathered together, as we enter into worship, that our hearts would be united in praise to him and thanksgiving. Uh, what I'd like to speak on this morning, and it's, I know that I can't near cover this subject, but I'd like for us to think about the glory of the Lord. Uh, and I would like for us to think about, I would like to look at the glory of the Lord as it, not only as it relates to in the scriptures where we have seen the glory of the Lord come down uh, or on, the, on a group of people or where we've seen the glory of the Lord present in an individual's life, But I'd like for us to also think about it as the glory of the Lord as it is manifested in your life. Hopefully, we can see all of these and uh, be encouraged to allow the glory of the Lord to radiate from us. I'd read uh, several verses here out of Isaiah 43. You can just listen to these as they are read. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even every one that is called by my name. For I have created them, this is the the phrase that I'd like for us to think about. For I have created them for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. So think with me about there be a gathering of people from the west, from the east, from the north, from the south. And they're all called together because of the name of Jesus. And they are gathered together confessing and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And even everyone, everyone that is called by thy name, from all parts of the world, from all parts of creation, 
And he says, for I have created him, I have created that group of people for my glory. Sometimes as I look at my own frailty and realize my failings from time to time, and then I think about, and God created me for his glory. And I find that so often I fall short of that glory of portraying the glory of the Lord to those around me or to be able to show forth his glory to those we meet, to those I gather to worship with, to those in my very own home, that that glory would would radiate from me in such a way that would bring, may I say, Brother Darrell, peace. It would just be a sense of peace ruling and reigning in our lives, in our homes, in our church. So, I would like for us to think about that glory and how that, how that, how the Lord desires for that to be manifested amongst you and me, in your life, in my life, day after day. I believe these verses that I just read, read convey where God's glory is and why he created it, created us. God's glory is in his people, in the people who would name the name of Christ, the people who would follow after him in truth and obedience and who would walk in holiness with him. So maybe uh, to begin with, we should just raise a couple questions and get our thoughts thinking a bit down this line. Why are we here in this setting right now, today? What's the purpose? Why am I here? What would, what would be the purpose for such a gathering? Well, that's probably... I would like for us to think about that. Why am I personally here? What is the purpose for us being here? But the purpose would be that that the Lord would be glorified as he looks at his church and as he sees us gathering together, singing hymns, listening to the word being preached, that our hearts would be stirred and we would offer praise to the Lord for what he has done for us. He has given us life. He has given us peace, the presence of God to be with us. And it's for the purpose of bringing glory to God. What a testimony. If we, if we look into a home and we see a home where father and mother are walking with God and they're, they're able to articulate to their children what it means to walk with God. And the peace that rules in such a home, we see it. You can look and you think about certain homes, or you think about a home, you say, yes, the peace of God rests, rests there. There's, there's something beautiful about that. And it doesn't exalt the parents. 
It doesn't exalt the children for being in submission to their parents. But it exalts God. God's ways work, and his glory is manifested through such a home. His glory is also manifested in the same way as he looks into a body of believers that is gathered, and as they experience the fullness of God in their lives, as they're looking to God and walking with him in holiness, it's a testimony to the world around us. By this, what? Shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. So this is, this is evident, evidenced in the body of believers. The, the believers there walk with God. They're faithful to him. They're walking in holiness. That doesn't, that doesn't exalt the preacher. It doesn't exalt the fathers in the home. But it exalts and gives glory to the Lord for what he has done in the hearts of this body of believers. And that is, that is also true when we think in, in the life of a people, a nation. If a nation would follow and walk in the ways of God, God would be honored. And we see our hearts are grieved at times as we see how nations, or maybe even our own nation, is turning from God, is not bringing glory to him, but rather they're maybe bringing glory to their own selves and their own desires. And, it's, and it seems so backward because it's taking away from God, what he desires to have being manifested in a people. So, maybe this is an obvious and a given, but what is the glory of the Lord? Think about it. What is the glory of the Lord? You know, we talked about that we are created for God's glory. But what is that glory? How does it show itself? What, what is evidenced in the life of a believer? What is evidenced in the life of the church that all of a sudden, or as you would observe, you'd say, the glory of the Lord is there. Or the glory of the Lord rests in that individual. Uh, and I believe that it, that glory is just simply the manifestation of God's presence in our lives. And, and that will show itself in peace, Brother Darrell, as you spoke. It will manifest itself in joy for what God has done for us and our lives looking beyond the temporal. If we look at the temporal, we don't find a lot of joy. But if we look to the heavenly, the spiritual things, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for. It evidences itself in love. Love one for another. And so, and that might be maybe just in a general sense, the fruit of the Spirit being evidenced in our lives. So what is that glory of the Lord? Is that peace and joy and love flowing out of me? Is it evidenced? 
I ask myself this question. As I ponder it and as I ponder this message, I say, I need this. I need to have that glory of the Lord being shown and expressed to those around me. And I think sometimes, my, how I grieve the Spirit of God when that glory isn't going out. And maybe I'm doing just the opposite of displaying his glory, but I profess Christ, but the testimony that I leave comes so short. May God help us. May God help me. I have another question that I'd like for us to think about. Where does this glory shine? Where does this glory shine? The glory of the Lord shines into hearts. It shines into individuals. It shines into a people. And it shines into you and me. But that shining in What value is it if the glory of the Lord shines into your heart, brother and sister? And the glory of the Lord is evident, and it's there, and it's shining in and beaming into you. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful idea. I like that. But what's the purpose of that? Something else has to happen. Uh, I was thinking about, and I didn't do it, I didn't, I hope maybe you can just uh, think with me. But if I was holding here in my hand a mirror, and that mirror would represent your face, it would represent you. And as you look at the glory of the Lord and you turn your face, You turn the mirror, your face, toward the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord shines into you, into your face. What will be the the outcome of that experience as you see it? Picture yourself looking to the Lord and looking into his face. And what is the outcome of such a thing? Of that experience, what is going to happen? And we can, we can try to, as hard as we will, muster up the response that is going to come out of gazing and looking on Christ. But you know, there's something relaxing about we don't have to muster anything up. All we need to do is look and see the glory of the Lord and let it shine in our hearts and the rest will take care of itself. You follow me? You see what I'm saying? And so I would like for our hearts to be stirred in that, in that avenue this morning. And I probably already expressed it, but uh, I would like for the burden of the message is that that we would understand in a more complete way 
the glory of the Lord and that it would affect my entire being. And it wouldn't just be something that is nice to think about and talk about. Glory of the Lord shining in me. But that it would affect the outcome of that glory shining in. Like I said, I personally feel that need more possibly than any of you do. But I certainly sense that need that I'd be able to reflect that glory. And I believe as we think about that mirror concept and looking into the face of the Lord that we don't just, the mirror doesn't absorb the glory. No way. When, when the light shines into a mirror, it goes out again. How many of you have ever, I think I've done it, maybe as a child, I would have taken a small mirror and gone outside on a sunny day and direct, pointed that mirror toward the sun and then I would cock the mirror a certain way and you could watch the beam of light flowing around. <laughs> have you done that? You know, you know what I'm talking about? That's, that's interesting to do. But it gives us a picture of, of what should be happening when the glory of the Lord shines in, it reflects out. It doesn't soak it up. You'd have difficulty doing that if you took a piece of cloth and held it up toward the sun. Nothing would happen, would it? It would just absorb the sun. And maybe, maybe the cloth would get warmer, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't evidence itself. It wouldn't spread out to others. Another burden is that others would see in our life and action that we have experienced a greater measure of the glory of the Lord. And so that's, the, that's at the heart of what I pray and a, a desire that you could grasp a bit of that this morning. Psalm six, Psalms 8 verse 1, O Lord... Our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glories above the heavens. Now here we're talking about the glory of the Lord in the heavens. And all of us have gone out on a starry night and we looked into the hosts, the stars, and we say, this is beautiful. Or maybe you've been at a place where there were no other Artificial lights, it was just simply the lights of the stars. And there was no other lights around. And my, how those stars seemed to come right down in your presence. You, can you picture that scene? It's beautiful. We, we see the glory of the Lord in the heavens. And our hearts are stirred by it. In Psalm 19, verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. We all know of the glories of the heavens. What a beautiful picture.
But we also know that the glory of God and the glory of the heavens don't just stay there. There's another glory. And I spoke about that already some, but I'd like for us to, for, to draw our thoughts toward his glory and how it revealed itself to a people, uh, the people of Israel, the children of Israel. And so I'd like to look at several passages there uh, and just uh, direct our thoughts as to observe with me what the children of Israel experienced. We know that the children of Israel experienced God's presence in a special way as they were there in Egypt and they were under the hard hand of Pharaoh and the Lord brought them, uh, sent plagues to bring Pharaoh to a place that he would let the people go. And uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then later on, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And the children of Israel saw some miraculous things. They saw the glory of the Lord working on their behalf. We picture them having left Egypt and were out there. And they looked back and, and they saw Pharaoh's army coming. And their hearts were stricken with fear. Here we are. The sea is ahead of us, and Pharaoh's army is behind us. And oh no, look what we are in for now. It's sure destruction. We may have gotten out of Egypt, but now we're done for. But were they? Well, no, we know the story. That's not the way it was. But we know that they came up there to the, to the Red Sea and the pillar of cloud that had gone before them went around and went behind them and it kept Pharaoh's army from pursuing them any farther. They couldn't go through that cloud. The glory of the Lord was there. And we know how that they went through on dry ground and there were walls of water on either side and how that Pharaoh's army pursued them and when they were in the midst of the sea, the waters came back. And I believe it says that they were all, the army was destroyed. Another manifestation of the glory of God, his protection over them. There in 15, Exodus 15, they saw the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The glory of the Lord was manifested there in such a way that they couldn't dispute it. They knew it was for reality. It was a real thing. Also, if I go over to Exodus 24, move ahead there to Exodus 24, and we read in verse 16 through 18, I'll just read those verses. And the glory of the Lord abode, abode upon Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. 
And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount and in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. There the glory of the Lord, as they looked on Mount Sinai, and the glory of the Lord was there, and it manifested itself as devouring fire. I would imagine that that was quite a scene to behold. The glory of the Lord as it came down, and then for Moses to enter into that cloud. Then if we go over... uh, over to Exodus 33 and verse 18. I'll read a few verses there. Verse 18, and he said, I be, this is Moses now speaking with the Lord. He said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it came to pass, while my glory passed by, that I will put put thee in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And so we see here Moses wanted to see the glory of God, and God said, no, you can't see my glory, but I'll let you see my hinder part. And he protected Moses as the glory of the Lord went past, and he saw the hinder part. Moses saw the glory, the hinder part, the glory of God, and we too need to see God's glory. If we read on in the next chapter in uh, Exodus 34, over to verse 29. I'll read several verses there. Starting at verse 29, it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. And while he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with them. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. And Moses called unto them, and Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned unto him, and Moses talked with them. And afterward, all the children of Israel came nigh, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him in Mount Sinai. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. And when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And he came out and spake to the children of Israel that which he was commanded. And the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. And Moses put the veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him. I like that picture, and I wondered what effect or, or how we as 
individuals in this day and age, how do we come into the presence of the Lord? And as we come into the presence of the Lord and he speaks to us and he reveals to us truth and we see his glory, what effect should it have on us? Will our faith shine in such a way that as we come out of the presence of God, that it just is almost necessary that a veil be put over our face. But I believe today, as we fellowship and as we meet with God, and his presence is there among us, I don't think we need to come out of such an encounter and veil our face, but I believe that God intended that whatever glory that we saw as we fellowshiped with him, and as we sought God, that that glory would just show forth on our face. Uh, recently, I encountered and met a, met a man that, I don't know if you, if you have experienced this or not, but in, this, in my case, I experienced meeting a man who, to me, I was inspired. The presence of God seemed to be there in his midst. And just just seemed to radiate, not in that he was just constantly laughing and, and uh, smiling, but there was a, a peace, Brother Darrell, as you spoke about, just a peace resting upon this individual. And, I, and it was attractive. And I believe, I still someday want to talk with that man and say, Tell me about your devotional life. I'd like to know what's 